If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Howling. I'm a cross-country truck driver. I was hauling a load to a factory that had a remote location. The last leg of my trip was an old, eerie highway. This clearly had been a main highway at one time long ago, but now had been reduced to nothing more than a dark, lonely road that is rarely traveled. The buildings that I passed, which were likely bustling at one time, were now abandoned and beyond repair. It was sad and quite creepy. Most of the abandoned gas stations were of the full-service variety with a small building toward the back and an overhang over the gas pumps. Most of the overhangs appeared to be teetering on the edge of collapse. The worn paint had peeled to the extent that the names of these gas stations were now unreadable. I had passed an old cafe. The parking lot was riddled with cracks that vegetation had taken hold of. The main window of the cafe was shattered, allowing me to catch a glimpse of the old counter which had been blanched from the relentless glare of the sun. Graffiti stained the exterior of the cafe. I could read the sentence, Where the wolves run free. Whatever that meant. The most frightening abandoned location I passed was an ancient two-story motor lodge. The bright, vibrant colors that the facility once boasted were now shabby and worn. The metal rails on the second floor walkway were rusted over. The vacant office out front was weathered and too dark to see within. And there was something chilling about the single maid's cart still sitting outside of one of the motel rooms that sent shivers down my spine. I hadn't seen a soul since I turned onto the seemingly deserted highway, and once the sun dropped, my headlights were swallowed by darkness. The full moon that loomed low in the sky did nothing to help. I flipped through the CB radio stations. I was hoping for some sign of life. All I found was warbled static. Fortunately, my CD player was working just fine, and a medley of country music was my version of whistling past the graveyard on this unnerving stretch of road. It was getting late, and I was growing very tired. I started keeping an eye out for the least spooky spot I could find to pull over and get a few hours of shut-eye before continuing on. Finally, I happened across an old rest area. It was just off of the highway. The structure that once housed the restrooms was partially collapsed, and the parking area was barely visible through the thick layer of crabgrass. But this would do. I pulled over and parked my truck. I was spreading my sleeping bag out over the back cab of my truck when I heard a distant howl 
It sounded like a wolf, but the howl was monstrously deep. I was just glad it was far away. If it were any closer, I may have just popped a couple caffeine pills and drove another hour. I listened to the silence of the night for several more minutes. I was about to get back to tending my bedding when I heard the howl again. It sounded considerably closer. I turned my attention from my bedding to my overnight bag where I kept those caffeine pills. I didn't like taking those things as they made my heart race, but the howling was freaking me out. As I searched through my bag, a deafening crack of static followed by a booming voice rang over the CB. It nearly sent me through the roof of my truck. Did you hear that? The voice was deep and very clear. There was no static or interference. He had to be near me. He was answered by a man with a high-pitched tinny voice. I did. I'm in my garage getting ready. That tipped me off that these two were talking from their home base CBs. I listened on for a minute waiting for them to say something else. The silence was broken by another spine-tingling howl. This time, it sounded like it was just outside my truck. The deep voice rang in again. That sounded close. The tinny voice concurred. Yeah, it must have smelled something it wanted. I hope nobody is on the old highway tonight. I leaned forward in the front of my truck and plucked the CB from its holder and interrupted their conversation. Hello? I'm on the old highway. What are you guys talking about? What, what is with this howling? It sounds like it's right outside my truck. There was radio silence for about 30 seconds before the deep-voiced man spoke softly. Lock your doors. I knew my doors were already locked, but I double-checked and confirmed. The deep-voiced man gave me more instructions. Stay still. No matter what you hear outside your truck, do not move. The tinny-voiced man spoke up. And for God's sake, don't try to drive away. Okay, I won't move and I won't drive away. Can you tell me what the hell is going on? Where are you? I'm parked at the old rest stop. Just stay there, we're on the way. Another howling burst seemed to shake the cab of my truck and was followed by the sound of the metal on my truck's doors being popped in as if something heavy bumped against the cab of the truck. Then the truck began gently rocking back and forth. I ducked down behind the seat so as not to be able to be seen, but otherwise did as the men on the CB instructed and remained still. After a moment, the rocking stopped, but I could hear heavy breathing on the other side of the truck's window. Actually, it wasn't breathing so much as it was sniffing. I could hear footsteps crunching against the cool crabgrass, and they were growing distant. Whatever was outside my vehicle was walking away. This gave me a slight sense of relief, and I couldn't help but rise up and peek outside my window to see exactly what it was. At first I thought it was a gigantic wolf with short hair and rippling muscles, but there was something about its face that seemed too wide for a wolf. 
and the ears were unusually long and void of hair. I gasped when the creature stood up on its hind legs and started walking around as it sniffed the air. It must have been seven feet tall and was bigger than a bear. I could see its sharp-toothed jaws gnashing together. Its eyes were flaming red like scorching ovals of metal. This was some kind of damned werewolf. Then it turned quickly. I didn't have time to duck down out of sight before it saw me. It stared at me but wasn't moving. It was studying me as if it wasn't sure what I was. My heart was beating out of my chest, but I remained frozen in terror, doing my best to obey the instructions of the men and not move. When the werewolf slowly lurched forward in my direction, I lost it. I let out a scream, hopped into the driver's seat, and roared the engine to life. As soon as I stepped on the gas and peeled out of the primitive rest stop area, I heard the creature's roar, and within seconds it leapt onto the hood and smashed its gigantic claws through the windshield and reached out for my throat. I slammed onto the brakes, hoping the sudden stop would send the monster hurling off the truck and onto the pavement. But that didn't happen. The werewolf barely budged and continued to reach out for me as it let out a horrific growl. The sound of the growl was overtaken by the blast of a gun, and then another, and another. Even though I knew the beast was gone, I let out a startled scream when my driver's side door was yanked open. Damn it, I told you not to drive away! It was the CB men. They had scared off the creature and saved me from certain death. The werewolf's eyesight is based on movement. If you don't move, it won't see you. When you drove off, it was like ringing the damn dinner bell. The two men gave me a bottle of water and time to regain my composure before they began to question me. What the hell are you doing out here? I'm delivering a load to a company in this area. The Golston Company? I nodded. I guess there weren't many operating companies in this neck of the woods because that was exactly where I was taking this shipment. Let me see the shipment papers. The request was a little unusual, but I wasn't about to argue with the two men who just saved my life, so I handed the info over to them. They both looked the paperwork over for a few seconds before one pointed something out to the other. They shook their heads and then handed the papers back to me. I think you missed the instructions on the bottom of the paperwork. The man held the paper in front of my face and pointed to the line in question, which read, Do not travel into this area during a full moon. The Thing in the Ground I'm a farmer. I was plowing my field when the plow hit something hard below the surface of the ground. I got off my tractor and cleared as much dirt as I could with my hands. I was able to uncover a corner of the object. 
It appeared to be metallic and had sharp edges, giving me the impression that it was some kind of a box. As I removed more of the dirt, I uncovered a metal ring that was welded to the back of the object. I fastened one end of a chain to the ring and another to the back of my tractor and was able to successfully remove the entire object from the ground. When I hopped off my tractor and viewed the object in its entirety, there was no mistaking what it was. A metal casket. It tapered slightly toward the top and the bottom, giving an extremely rudimentary shape of a body. I stood looking at it for a few minutes, wondering what I should do. Should I just rebury it? Open it? Alert somebody? The decision was made for me the moment I heard the pounding noise coming from inside the casket. Somebody was in there and was trying to get out. I raced to remove a crowbar from the toolbox on the back of my tractor. I attempted to pry the casket open. If this was a wooden casket, I could have pried it apart, but this was a metal casket and wasn't giving in so easily. I noticed a latch on the side of the casket that was holding it shut. I began wailing away at the latch as the pounding from within continued. Finally the latch broke free and I quickly pulled the casket lid open. The first thing I noticed was that the top interior of the casket was dented and covered with scratch marks. When I looked down and saw what was inside the casket, I was shocked, although I shouldn't have been. I saw a skeleton dressed in a black suit. Obviously, these remnants of a once-living human being were not capable of pounding on the casket. Something else had to be in there with it. I carefully removed the frail remains from the casket and discovered that there was absolutely nothing sharing the casket with the body. I had no earthly explanation as to what the hell was bashing on the casket from within, so my mind drifted toward another mystery. Who was this? My family had owned this farmland for over a century. Only one person owned this property prior to them. I didn't know who that person was, but I had a hunch it was the skeleton staring at me from the casket. I have a friend named Gussie who owns the local feed shop. He's an old man and a historian that knows more about this area than anyone. If anybody knew about the mystery surrounding the man in the metal casket, it would be him. I arrived at the feed store during a downtime which worked out great because Gussie had plenty of time to talk. I explained to him exactly what happened. He sat down and took it all in for a few moments and went over things in his head. Once he was ready, he explained everything. Rafe Hollister was the name of the original owner of your property. Word is he ran quite the operation, employed dozens of farmhands. Rafe was one of the people who came down with the illness. Illness? What illness? Nobody rightly knows. 
It was a mysterious illness that swept through the town in the early 1900s. Those who caught the disease died quickly. Rafe was the first one to come down with the illness. Thus, he was the first one to die. I knew they had buried him on the property, but didn't know exactly where until today. Others died as well? Gussie nodded. A week later, the second person caught the illness. It was Rafe's foreman, Floyd. Floyd died as quickly as Rafe did, but a funny thing happened. They held a memorial service for Floyd, and just as they were about to lay the casket into the ground, they heard pounding from within the casket. They quickly opened it up and found that Floyd was alive. Turns out all those who caught the illness gave the appearance of being dead, but would wake up fit as a fiddle within a few days. Dozens of people caught the sickness and the same thing happened to all of them. By all intents and purposes, they appeared to be dead. But they weren't. They were alive. When I realized what this meant, my knees began to shake and I had to sit down. So Rafe Hollister was... Gussie nodded and finished my sentence for me. Buried alive. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com, sign up for our newsletter, and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. (laughs) 